What's up, y'all? This is Nick Luciano. And this is Blake Moore. And, and welcome, welcome to Tratter Talk. This is a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. We're going to have some awesome guests on the show, share our stories, and cover uplifting topics to encourage y'all to conquer the day. Look out for new episodes every Wednesday on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget, smile every day and know your worth. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Tratter Talk, a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. My name is Nick Luciano. And my name is Blake Moore. And this podcast is brought to you by Ariat, innovative and award-winning performance products for all types of outdoor and work environments. Uh, We got Cade McGuire back with us today. It's all three of us just chilling. And today's topic is going to be along the lines of cyberbullying and mental health. So we're going to dig deep into that and really talk one-on-one with y'all and just kind of touch on our experiences and help y'all with some of the things uh, that we struggle with. You know, we'll give our insight on what we struggle with and how we combat that. So um, first off, I want to, before we dive deep into the whole, the main topic of the podcast, let's talk Boot Barn, okay? We just went to Houston Rodeo. Blake, how fun was that? Honestly, it was killer, dude. Like, that was um that was like our I want to say like our first like real event as Tratter House mm-hmm. and I thought that you know there was a couple hiccups you know but other than that it was just all around good time with everybody I thought you know like for what it, for what how how did I word that for how last minute it was it worked out really good yeah yeah and uh, I don't know it's just every time I see like. The fans coming up to us and it's like the smile on their face and like just the the shakes that they have whenever they see us. It is it's it's honestly so heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did you have a so. good time, Katie. <clears throat> oh yeah, I had a blast. It's kind of literally just what you said. It's uh, when you go do something like that, especially how it was like we're going to do this now. We're not. Nope, we're going to do it, and then everything just kind of like clicks and it like all falls together perfectly. Yeah. But whenever you do have that kind of stuff go on, like when the fans come up to you, it definitely makes you like, makes you look at life a little bit differently. Yeah, I had uh, Hannah come up to me individually, and she was like, "I'm Hannah." Like, and uh, you know, we meet so many Hannahs, Abbies. Like, you hear the same name over and over. Yeah. But Hannah was like, "Yeah, I'm the one that uh, had a prayer request." I was like, "Oh, I remember you," and I gave her a big hug, and it was great. It's so nice to put those connections. from social media to real life into play. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely. <clears throat> so we just want to thank Boot Barn for having us out. Um, if you know if this is still going, I don't believe this is still going on during the Houston Rodeo when this airs. But if you are at the Houston Rodeo, I hope you had a great time. We had a great time. We got to see Parker McCollum perform. Mm-hmm. What do you think about him? He's pretty good. Um, we kind of left. We did leave early because we had to do some editing stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But I saw on TikTok, like, later on, like, I don't know what happened, but he was, like, on a horse. And, like, yeah. everyone was, like, cheering for him for some reason. I don't know if it was because of his grandpa. I remember he... All the big artists pretty much do, like, a, a lap around the arena on, on horseback. Oh, do they? Yeah, so okay. it's pretty cool. Because I know in, in his concert he was mentioning, like, um, uh, like a cowboy or mm-hmm. something like that. His song he has, yeah, and he was like sh- giving that to his, or shouting that to his grandpa or whatever. So I didn't know if that had anything to do with it. 
But, yeah. yeah. I thought it was really cool, though. Hometown boy selling out yeah. Houston Rodeo. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That gave me chills, not yeah. going to lie. Um, what do you think about that concert? Oh, I thought it was awesome. You can definitely feel the uh, the vibe in the whole entire arena. Like, everyone was like, that was there from Houston. Like, they, yeah. I don't know. It's just like that different feeling whenever they're like, this is a hometown guy coming here doing like big things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really cool to watch like the people really just be there and support him because a lot of times you don't get that from people in your hometown. Yeah. So to see those people really cheering him on was awesome. That was the first time I seen a spinning stage. Yeah, me and Caden were sitting there, and Caden goes, uh, he goes, yep, this is going to suck. We're on the backside of the stage. <laughs> and then he started playing, and then it started spinning. So I thought that's, that was pretty cool. That's what I thought. I came down the rail, and I seen the back of the stage. I was like, well, this is going to be a bust. Yeah. And then it started spinning. I was like, okay, that's, that's actually pretty neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so recap of Houston. We got to hang out with some cool people. We got to model some cool new area gear. We got to watch Parker McCollum. So thank you, Boot Barn. It was a blessing, and uh, we can't wait to work with you all again. All right, so today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into like the mental health and the cyberbullying aspect of life. We want y'all to know that we deal with this stuff on a daily basis, but we want to like also help y'all understand like kind of how, how what we do, like just get through it because we've talked about it here and there throughout the podcast. But I don't think we've really just sat down and had a full topic on that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And me personally, like I'm getting into like the whole mental health, like motivational speaking. Um, side of things i've been talking to our manager about it i'm like really excited roy was telling me about um this email that came through the tratter tratter house email yeah about the motivation i was really hyped i'm hyped about that but yeah i definitely want to get into um get into the sour bullying because that's a today's world is it's not it's so bad it's so bad Mm -hmm. like had paul had said out there like there are eight-year-old kids that are dealing with this stuff now. Like you see kids are on tablets from the age of like three, three, yeah. you know, that's when it all starts. Then they get in to like these group chats on like gamings and then they start getting bullied on there. Cause they, you know, they might suck at gaming or something like that. And that's where I'm, that's right when the cyberbullying starts. Mm-mm. But it's, uh, it's been taken to such a whole new level. I know Caden, you, you played Call of Duty back in the day, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned gaming, and that kind of brought back some memories. Like back in the day, at Xbox 360, you just had a headset and like game chat. It was kind of cool, but now there's so many different like, and you would talk trash and search and destroy matches and yeah. stuff like that. But it's taken to such a different level now because like you can't go anywhere with the internet now. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you do one thing wrong, it can be spread and taken out of context, and it's it's basically bled down to this younger generation of these young minds, and it's like. It's actually really dangerous. Yeah. Like you were saying, search and destroy stuff. Like, that was back in the day. Like, th- it was kind of like you did mm-hmm. it as, like, just as, like, jokes. Like, you were in there, like, almost like a basketball game or a football game. Like, you yeah. were just kind of, like, trash talking and chirping. But now in this day and age, it's not like <clears throat> it's not like in the 50s and 60s when our grandparents grew up as kids where, like, you and your friends do a sling over your back, go to school, walk back with your best friends and come back you got to get on your phone and look at Snapchat, Twitter, MySpace of people just dogging on you all day long for like maybe your jeans had a rip in them or something. You're going to get made fun of that for at school. I got made fun of many things at school, but me and Blake on the way up here, like we were kind of thinking like, what do we want to talk about today? What should we talk about? And I think like we have a pretty solid fan base of people. And I think 
if we can like talk to people about what they deal with, but at the same time, it's the stuff that we deal with, it's going to create more of like a personal level with them and help them understand like we go through this stuff just as much like a lot and it puts like hurt and we got to deal with this stuff, the struggles and everything with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know Blake has a lot that he can go off of just off of that. Yeah. I know you've thrown out some statistics earlier. Yeah, dude. Uh, So I'm, I'm very passionate when it comes to like the mental health and like me and you like jokingly argue with like the anxiety thing. Cause like we're, we're, whoever wants to believe it or not, it's a real thing. Like, Nick says anxiety is not real because he has this, he does the thing where he like has the, do the thing, tell him do why anxiety is not real. I don't, I, anxiety, I'm not saying like it's not real. Like there are mental issues, like you said, chemical imbalances. Yes. Absolutely. It is a real thing, but I think the, the term of being anxious has been taken out of context in some yeah. situations. That's, I don't think just because you feel anxious, you should like, I just think there's a lot of self-diagnosing with this stuff. Which is like, go, and this is just me being, this is my two cents. Go see a, you know, professional, you know, take the tests that are necessary. I, I, again, I don't know much on this topic, but I think like, if you really do think there is something wrong with you, like go, you know, take the the proper steps to do it. I just mm-hmm. think that social media has put out a false pretense of like self-diagnosing, especially like with things like anxiety, ADHD, depression. Yeah. Things like that, because those are actual chemical imbalances that like mm-hmm. you need to get under control and there is medication. But there's yeah. also other factors out there that you don't need medication for. Yeah. So not to say that it's not real. I just think that there's a little bit of a, a there, it's a little bit foggy in today's world. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Like me and Nick were talking about how I told him in the car that I was getting my puppy because I like I'm overwhelmed with anxiety. I really do. And Nick was like, you don't have anxiety, Blake. I was like, yes, I do. And he's like, a puppy's not going to help you. It's like, yeah, it is. And like you went into like the whole it being foggy thing. Like, do you actually have anxiety or are you just like, and he explained, I mean, anxious, that makes sense. Like where anxiety comes from. But then again, it's like, it's so foggy and I don't, I don't know how to even, I don't even know how to go off on that. Well, I think a lot of times for us, like I agree with you. And I also agree with you. That's what I'm saying, Yeah, right? same. I agree with what he says, but then again, I'm like, eh, that's yeah. dumb. Yeah, and like I know like in myself, whenever I feel anxious, it's a lot of times me just overthinking about a situation. Like I'll put this picture of the situation, how I want it to go, and it won't go that way, and I will be overwhelmed with anxiety to the point where I just sit there and weep in tears because I feel so bad about how it's going. Yeah, and whenever he would tell me that that is not anxiety, he said like anxiety. Anxiety is like what? How'd you word it? It was like almost like where you're excited. No, it's basically like this is. You can take this as a tip, or you can take it as criticism. But like, I think the term so anxiety comes from anxious, anxious, right? Yeah. And anxious is very closely related to the feeling of being nervous, mm-hmm. right? And being nervous and anxious and anxiety, you throw those three words together, and people are like, "Whoa, what's what's going on? Like, yeah. do I have anxiety?" I just think that if you're nervous. You're nervous, right? Everybody gets anxious. It doesn't mean you have anxiety. Yeah. But I think when you are anxious, there's a way to combat it where I said that the, this is what I was talking about, excitement. the feeling of excitement. Because when you're anxious, you you can't sit still. You're constantly thinking, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So you're already closer to that state of excitement than calmness. Yeah. That makes sense. So if, anxi- if you're anxious here, 
excited's here and calm is like way down here. You got a lot, you got a long road to travel if you're trying to get calm. So if you get go towards excitement and happiness, mm-hmm. that anxiousness is going to go away. Like, and a perfect example I was telling Blake is these bull riders. You look behind the shoots, they're not there, like, yeah, you know, just they're, they're anxious. They're nervous. You're about to get on a 2,000 pound bull. Like, of course, you're going to be nervous and anxious, right? But what do they do? They slap their thighs. They get pumped up. They're excited. They're happy. They pray. You know what I mean? That's how you combat it rather than like trying to sit there and overthink things and and try to get to that state of calm. So that's where I was trying to say that, like, you know, you can just just get to a closer state of being excited rather than try to get calm. Because everybody wants to be calm, but sometimes it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I. I do agree with that. I think like it's that it's that original feeling, that state of feeling anxious. Like mm-hmm. that's where everything comes from. And, and as soon as I feel that, that's whenever I start to overthink about the situation. And it's like like you're saying about the bull riders. If you find that one thing that like can help you get out of that, like whether it's go take a walk or go on a run or slap your thighs or mm-hmm. just whatever you got to do, there's something that you're going to be able to figure out that's going to help you get through that little state of anxiousness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes I know me and you both do like we let that overwhelm us to the point where we just like shut down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I do like <clears throat> there's times where I'll feel like so like bad about like a certain situation and I'll just like sit there and completely shut down and like not want to talk to people. And you're the same person as me. You do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just noticed that, um, you know, everyone's got a calling in life. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while for you to find that calling because whether you want to believe what I'm about to tell you or not, you're going to have to listen to it and try to understand is that God puts you through many measurable trials. And whether you like him or not, he's literally fixing you for what your calling is going to be. Like he's putting you through the stages of what. Like, what he's called you to be is literally what I'm trying to say. And whenever I think about it now is that I feel like I've had a calling for this for, like, a long time. But I didn't deal with it. I never dealt with freaking cyberbullying or nothing like that and until, you know, up until, like, a year ago. Like, I wanted to talk about, like, mental health and anxiety, but I always thought that there was something missing. And, one like... It literally just hit me like last week. I was like, cyberbullying. Like, 75% of kids commit suicide because of cyberbullying. Yeah. That's 75%. A, that's a stupid number. I feel terrible to that it's that high. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even think it was even real. Yeah, like, I was just thinking one day, I was like, ah, eh, you know, probably like 40% or something like that. No, 75. Mm. I mean, that's like, that's why the Bible tells us there's power in, in life and the life and death and the power of the tongue yeah like your words are gonna cut through people they're gonna stab people that's why like whenever you hear the expression i feel like i got stabbed in the back like Mm. whenever someone says like words freaking hurt bro yeah people don't understand how much power they have whenever they're saying it because to them it feels like i'm getting this off my chest it feels good but that person that they don't know that you're saying it about when it comes around to them and they hear it they're gonna be like dang what do I do now? Or just reading it on your screen, like in a comment, comment section, DM something like people used to DM me all the time uh, for talking about Jesus and say like one certain comment in general said that they were going to hunt me down, slip my throat, cut all my limbs off of me 
and stuffed me in a freezer so nobody could ever find me again. And I was like, what? Yeah, dude, I was like freaking out. Like they sent me my home address, everything. They like, they knew everything about my family. And I went to the cops about it because I was like so freaked out. And it was like this, dude, I don't know, but it was like, I was scared. Like I was legit scared for my life. Um, But there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And that's like, Mm -hmm. that just goes to show with that percentage, like your words that you say, that affects people. Yeah. And a lot of people want to know, like, where does that even come from? Like, why do people just have to think that they have a right to, you know, down on somebody? And I've looked into a lot of it and uh, a lot of kids who deal with depression on their own. Okay. But try to break this down easy. So the kids who are the boys, they normally come from tragic homes, whether they've been like sexually abused, mentally abused, you know, alcohol and drug abuse families. And there's probably multiple more. But you get those destroyed kids who grow up in that stuff of people feeling that like their family doesn't love them because they care about um, drugs more than their kid or whatever else there is over their kid. And that kid has to sit there through all these years of even maybe even going to freaking like foster homes, you know, and like their family leaving them. They feel like no one loves them. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that's every case, but I'm, I'm, what was the, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was like 68% of kids do that. Yeah, That's where they come percentage. from. Mm-hmm. And, Honestly, it's probably more. I think it was like eight, seventy-eight percent. I don't even remember, but it was a crazy number. And I was thinking, like, that's nuts that there are that many kids out there who have, you know, rough home lives, and then they just take it on someone else because they see someone, you know, yeah, being successful, and and they just can't they can't see that they they crash whenever they see someone have with a smile on their face. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, <clears throat> and that's why you get so much hate from people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like something that you were talking about earlier. Uh, I don't mean to talk so much, but something mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier, like people are trying to like, you said God has a plan for your life and he's putting you things to prepare you for that moment. But like the Bible tells us that we're just the clay and that he's the potter. So I picture that like just sitting there being a little piece of clay, sitting still and God just molding you And this, like this finger could be like, this incident, this incident, this incident, but those are all forming you to shape you into the person that you're going to become exactly. for the plan that he has for your life. Mm-hmm. And so many times we like to think about like just sitting there and creating ourselves to be what we want to be. And if we're trying to do that without his plans in our life, we're going to crash and we're going to fail. No. Yeah. And that, that goes along the lines of like, cause the Bible also talks about the power of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I literally just tweeted this earlier, but it says, Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was like, I read that this morning and I was like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Some people need to hear that. Yeah. What you just said with um, basically your don't narrate your own life. We mm-hmm. literally listed that in church the other day, didn't we? I swore we did. We might have. If you if we didn't, then I definitely heard on a podcast or yeah. not a podcast, a sermon on YouTube or something. But I I like that you're not supposed to. Kind of what I said to Roy though, um, and a few podcasts ago, where I said the second you try to be like someone else, you're gonna fail because mm-hmm. God has designed you to be 
this type of person versus someone else, you know? And like you said, you're sitting there and you're other people are trying to like narrate their own life. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I'm supposed to do this because I feel like I'm supposed to. Okay. Pray on it. Yeah. You know, figure it out first because that is going to set you through more trials, you know, cause you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but like you said, like watch your thoughts and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Like all that comes like your words and everything. It all comes from what's going on inside of your heart. Yeah. Like your heart is going to dictate your thoughts and it's going to, your thoughts are going to dictate your actions and your words. Mm-hmm. So if your heart isn't in the right place, your actions, your thoughts, your words probably aren't going to be, aren't, ain't, what I just say? <laughs> your, your actions and your words probably aren't going to be very good. Yeah. And, and like the key word there is watch. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to watch it. It doesn't say control. You have to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, there's like, you know, it's just crazy how your heart, like, it's like a big snowball effect, if that makes sense. Like, it starts from your heart, and then it, like, your at some point, your mind can take over, and it's just this big snowball effect that kind of, like, leads to your character. Mm-hmm. And your character is what causes you to, like, make those comments online, or, like, you know, if you come from a broken home, it's, like, all those little things, all those little thoughts snowball into, like, this person that just is so negative and that wants to go bring people down mm-hmm. in life and it's it's never productive but yeah. you can't go out there and try to change them yeah all you can do is like like i've been taking your words of advice from last week i said there's a lot of haters on our stuff and i literally have just been commenting i love you man love yeah. you dude and it's it's been working it's awesome so mm-hmm. i was i made a tiktok video um last week kind of like about cyberbullying and stuff and one thing I never mentioned, but like the reason I'm so passionate on cyberbullying was because I used to be the bully. Yeah, I was about to say that. Oh, I, I come from a broken home, like divorced parents, and I was so mad at my father. But I was also yeah, so young, so I didn't understand. But like I didn't have a dad basically because he worked all the time, and so whenever I moved to town with my mother, um, she like. That's just when it all started right there is whenever my parents got divorced. So mm-hmm. I was a pretty rowdy kid up until high school. And I think it was like sophomore year. I like really like got a slap in the face. And I was like, that's not right. Like I like the boys aren't the cool guys. You know, they, it's always the the nerds that stick up for each other that are always win the battle. And there's this this kid who I grew up with for a few years and <clears throat> He like he wasn't like on how to, proper word. He was just like the he was a loner, I guess. Didn't have no friends. Just moved here, and basically he didn't have no like mental meat on his bones. And it's like every like he would just get pushed around like nothing. He didn't care. And so like it took all I had in me not to like invite that kid over to my house and just like be his friend. Yeah. So he started coming over, and that he's the reason. I changed my aspect on valuing people. It was because I saw him on that bus, on that bus ride home. And he was literally my neighbor um, whenever I was living with my mom. And I toughened him up and I started bringing him to church with me. And it just, it changed, it changed both of us, to be honest. And he texted, he still texts me now every now and then. And now he goes to college and stuff. He come, he, he came from a broken home. 
So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so I came from a broken home, and this is how I am. This kid come from, comes from a broken home, and he's as gentle as a freaking as a fly, you know, yeah. doesn't do nothing wrong. I'm like, it made me view life a whole lot different on how people should treat everyone else. Yeah, that's that's a cool story, dude. Yeah, yeah it's, there's a lot that goes into that, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to waste everyone's time with that story. But, yeah, I used to be the boy, and now mm-hmm. I want, I think, I don't really know how to, what, how to think about that, but I know that my calling is to share my testimony of how I used to be and now how I have transferred to the total opposite, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that just yeah. is like, there's so many like highlights in there, but what I took away from that is like, again, we've touched on this, but, because I used to be the bully too, you know? But I, I didn't come from a broken home. I had, uh, you know, my parents were together, you know, I played football, played basketball, got decent grades, you know what I mean? But... I was surrounded by bullies. I hung out with the bullies. It made me a bully. You know what I mean? And that's where there's power in who you hang out with. And it's so funny because the second, and I don't mean to like pick on nerds and I don't want to use nerd as like a downfall, but it's just like I was in STEM and a part of my story is like I I was so lost in high school about who I actually was because I was in the STEM classes because I wanted to be smart. I hung out with all the athletic kids and the jocks because I wanted to be good at sports because I played baseball, basketball, football. Like I was very involved in athletics. And then I also hung out with the party kids and I wanted to do drugs and be like them and be cool and learn how to drink and shotgun beers and stuff like that. So I'm getting pulled three different directions by my parents saying, hey, you know what? I got to get good grades to go to college. Then I'm getting pulled by my dad and the athletic people over here. No, you got to be good at sports to, you know, become a pro athlete. And then I'm getting pulled by my friends in the party scene. Like, oh, man, like they only really liked me because they could buy drugs off me. You know what I mean? So it was like that kind of goes deep into like how those different sects of people can pull you. And like you are who you hang out with. And it became three separate identities. And I was like really lost. But going back to like. After I got through all that, the true people were the mm-hmm. STEM kids, the, the the nerds that like had their head on straight and were like allowed me to like blossom. And then I went down the engineering route and I got a great career in engineering and, and pursued my passion in uh, social media. So I think that's just kind of cool how that was pretty relatable that like the same kind of people kind of pulled us up. That yep. makes sense. Our stories are literally all like identical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Cause I was like, I was the same way. Like my parents got divorced two different times. My parents got divorced. Um, so growing up for me, like I looked at like love, like I was like, man, screw that. I don't want that crap. Exactly. And I had this outlook, like if that's what love is, why do I want it? And I like use that. And I felt anger and I felt hatred towards my parents. Praise the Lord. Now that they're together, they're better than ever. They both know Jesus and it's, their relationship's amazing now, but they went through some junk to get where they're at now. And that put an effect on me as a little kid. And that made me like be angry towards people. Like I picked on people. I made fun of people and it like looking back on it now, I'm like, man, what, what was I? And it was just from that feeling inside of my heart that was causing me to like kind of lash out on people and be Mm -hmm. the bully. 
And so um, I had like this crazy thing happen. And I always had this thing like in my head, like I played football, basketball, baseball, like whatever I did, I wanted to be the best at whatever I was doing. And that eventually came into the party scene. Like I didn't want to just party. I wanted to be the best partier and I wanted everyone around me to know it. So whenever I drank, I wanted to be the most drunk. I wanted to be the most obnoxious. I want to be the loudest. I wanted to get in the most fights. I wanted to be that guy. Yeah. And luckily, like, I still have that attitude towards things. But now that God's taken me through the trials and that he's found me and I know him, that helps me now to, like, love somebody a better way. Mm -hmm. Like, he's used all three of our stories to, like, show us, like, okay, you went through this. You know what it's like to be that person but now you know what it's like to be this guy. Yeah. You can't go back to the old you whenever you have a new you. Mm-hmm. I so. think that's crazy. Literally like, cause me and you are very similar in like that. We want to be the best at things we want to do. And all of us really have found our calling with this social media platform to be the best we can be to help y'all. And I think it's just crazy how God has used all of us to like get to this point right yeah. here. Yeah. And I think uh, <clears throat> like, I'm like the only one in the house that's like blunt, you know. I just, I am the only one that's blunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're pretty blunt. And I think that comes from that kid. Yeah, I had to be blunt with him because if you weren't blunt with him, he's just gonna he's just gonna beat it like brush it off his shoulders and not. I don't know. So that's where that bluntness comes from, more so. Mm-hmm. Just let y'all know. And that's where like I know I get like annoyed. Like you guys get annoyed with me about like the business side of things and like doing things all the time and like go, go, go and not have fun. But that's where that comes from. Like, Oh yeah. Just trying to be the best. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So. Yeah. Which I give you all the credit cause you know all about it. And me and him are just kind of like rocks when it comes to anything that has to do with like that a stuff. Computer. Yeah. A computer. We're just like a nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a nothing. But, um, back on topic with that stuff. Uh, it is like it's nice to have like God's blessed us with an opportunity to have this like amazing platform of amazing like we have a amazing fan base like it's almost like a family that we have that follows us and we see like a lot of hate that these people get and go through I mean it's probably in your comments it's in your DMs all the time of like what people are going through um and it's it like breaks my heart every day because it's like those are the people that are getting bullied by people that used to be me. Like I used mm-hmm. to say the stuff to these people that used to make people like hurt. <sighs> Hold up. Try not to tear up. I can see that. Yeah. It kind of makes you feel like, it makes you look at life a little differently whenever you look at like who you used to be and where we are now, but look at yourself and be like, wow, like God's brought me a long way. Like I used to be a piece of crap Mm -hmm. and now I didn't know who the heck he even was, but now he has me out here. Like, I mean, I've went through a lot of ups and downs through the process of loving him and being saved, but, um, like he takes you from being broken and just wanting to party and not worry about life to like, I want to tell people what real love is actually like, and you can only find it through him. So it's just, it's just crazy to like see 
especially because I know we've shared our stories a lot, and I think that's why we became like best friends. Is like our stories are like identical. Identical, yeah. Yeah. So basically, we just kind of want you guys to know, like we feel as guys, like a lot of people look at us as like if you have fame, you don't have to go through hurt, you don't have troubles, you don't get depressed. But we want you guys to know, like, we go through that, too. It's not just other people feeling it. Like, there's times where, like, we all just don't even talk to each other because we're, like, so depressed and we hurt so much. But we wanted to get really real with you guys because we want you guys to know that we feel what you guys feel, too. Yeah, and this isn't, like, some pick me and feel sorry for us because we we have a grasp on how to deal with it now. Mm-hmm. But... Like Caden said, like it's okay to feel the way you do because it happens to everyone, whether you want to admit it or not. It took me many years to admit that I deal with depression, I deal with anxiety, Same. and I feel like you know you're more of a real person whenever you can actually admit you know your problems. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we've all admitted, and I think, like, I think it was great that we each got to share our personal stories individually, and. I think it all boils down to purpose. Yeah. Literally just everybody wants to know their purpose and they want to feel loved. So we want to let you guys know that like you do have purpose and you are loved. And speaking of love, y'all have been loving the section area affirmation. So we are going to move on into that section. This is basically where we ask questions on our Instagram story. Y'all ask us questions about struggles you're going through in daily life or just things y'all need some pointers on. And we give our two cents. And as always, we are not doctors or psychiatrists. This is literally just our advice. So Blake, if you want to take it away with the question. All right. So the question is, how do you get through the times in quotations? I'm doing nothing right. And honestly, losers, this one's tough. You know, like for me, cause I deal with this on a daily basis. Uh, I just take a step back from reality and from everyone else. And I mean, in all honesty, you're only here for one mission, and that's just to serve and just get by day by day. But, like, throughout a, a side of that, you know, you as humans, we want to do other things successfully. You know, as like we're trying to build a business and we're trying to like help others feel like they're loved and they're known that like they're hurting. And, like I said, I, I, I take a step back of for a little bit and like Nico has got this 72 hour rule that I like to follow now. And that helps me out a lot with like the whole looking at being successful as creators. You want to be successful. Mm-hmm. You like, I have this platform and I'm going to do great things. And then you're going to have like a, like a, like a fall off point, mm-hmm. you know, for a little bit and then you'll make it back up. But whenever I say like, I take a step back, I just like to overview things like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, oh dang, I'm a visual, how do you visual learner? No, a learner, but I like to watch people like, like to visualize things. Yeah. I like to visualize things. And so like <clears throat> whenever I take a step back and like, I'm looking at like the big picture, I know what my purpose is for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, it sucks because they don't know what that purpose is yet, but I will challenge you to, dig more into scripture of how to help find your worth because that's like the biggest thing on this podcast is like know your worth Mm -hmm. and 
I just would encourage you to read scripture in, into that and listen to sermons. Of There's a lot of them, too. Michael Todd has a lot of how to help find yourself. So that's probably what, if that made any sense at all, <laughs> I would just read scripture. No, it made a lot of sense. And when you say visualize, I think of this journey. Like when we truly started to now, it has been a crawl. Mm-hmm. There's been some aspects where we have to scratch and like claw our way to keep moving forward. But overall, anything you do in this life is going to be a crawl. And and I think TikTok is one of those things where like you can get famous overnight and people like us, like we, yeah, we gained a following quickly, but all of us have our own story and our own background that went into that. And it's how you follow up on it. You know what I mean? So we're doing our best here to follow up on it, but it's been a crawl the whole way. You know what I mean? And and like you said, we're trying to build a business out of this, and that is not easy. No, it's not. Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But to answer that question about, like, am I, like, how do you get through those moments of, like, am I doing anything right? I feel a lot of that pressure, like, just sometimes running a business. Like, especially, like, being in a leadership role, sometimes I feel like, I'm not doing anything correct. Like I'm not motivating or I'm not inspiring or sometimes me, I can't even pick myself up and I'm like, man, I got to get up off the couch and like go do this. But honestly, it's literally just when it comes to being in a leadership role and talking with your team, it's shifting your mindset of like, why isn't this getting done or why am I not doing this to like, how can I help you or how can I help myself? You know what I mean? Mm. Because if you're literally just constantly thinking about goals and like getting them done, you kind of lose yourself sometimes. So um, that's where I would go with it. And and to piggyback, I hate using that word now, uh, but to piggyback off what you said about like, um, uh, what were you saying? About, Scripture? No, about visualizing. Oh. I think like if you think about your journey as a timeline and where you are, like, I don't think about the future. I, I know my goals, but like from zero to 25 is where I am. And all of those accomplishments, there's been so many highlights within that zero to 25. I don't know what comes over here. Yeah. So I'm not going to stress about it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to do over here. But if I start thinking about 75, then I got to worry about all this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I'm worried about <clears throat> all this then I lose sight of the the good that's happened from, from zero to 25. So that's how I kind of visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you're saying, like, don't worry about that. Like Jesus tells us, don't worry about tomorrow for today holds its own words in, in itself. So like, if you're constantly thinking about like what's going to happen tomorrow, um, you're going to miss out on everything that's going on today. And also like, I'm just, you said something about crawling. Mm-hmm. I love that because one of my biggest things in life is like, even though sometimes I suck at doing it and taking things slow, um, like you think about 2000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth and now the entire world knows about him. Like it was almost like this whole fast paced thing. But in between all those towns and boat rides they did, they did a lot of walking. That's Mm -hmm. it. Just walking, taking it slow. And now the entire world knows the name. So, I mean, taking it slow is good, but what do you do whenever you feel like you can't get it right or when you feel like you can't do anything right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, first off, that's that's just a lie that you're listening to. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's a lie that you're listening to because if you weren't doing anything right, we wouldn't be here breathing anyways. So, I mean, that's like, that's one of the biggest things. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion waiting for somebody to devour. And I know we've all listened to many lies that's brought us down. Like, I've listened to that lie. I've sat in my bed, feel like I haven't done nothing right. But you got to really just sit back and realize, like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in this moment. God has me where he wants me to be. And just do what you can do to know him better and to just move on throughout life. Like, wear that smile tomorrow. Tell somebody you love them. Don't hold feelings back in. And just, like, be who God created you to be. Like, don't go out there and try to be someone else like you said about or you were talking to Roy about. Don't try to be someone else. Be you. Go out there. Have fun and live the life that you're created to live. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that was probably our best response to Aerate Affirmations. And y'all have been loving that section and y'all have just been loving the podcast in general. So we want to thank y'all for watching and tuning in, liking, subscribing, commenting, just engaging with it. And meeting y'all in real life and hearing the stories and the feedback from it is just mind-boggling. It's been great. So on that note, make sure to rate and review this podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials, Caden McGuire, Nick Luciano, and Blake Moore. We are Tratter Company, which houses the Tratter House and all the creators within it. So all those socials will be up on the screen. Make sure to go follow them. And as always, make sure you smile every day. And to know your worth. See y'all.